Our sacred text today uh, is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others who do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the, complete, until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, and the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Thanks, Bryce. You're still taller than me. All right. Well, this is probably the simplest sermon title that I've ever had. The End. Um, But it's also maybe one of the more difficult ones to speak about because I want to talk today about death. Every year when we get to November, you may or may not notice this if you track it the way I do, um, we have these November scripture readings that are talking about death and are talking about the end times. I think that's because in the three-year lectionary cycle that tracks the church year, our actual church year ends on um, the Sunday before the first Sunday of Advent. It's the last Sunday of the year, the Reign of Christ Sunday, which um, this year will be the Sunday after Thanksgiving uh, that will be that particular Sunday. Um, So I think because it comes to the end of the year is the time we think about the end times and death before we transition to a new year and have a birth coming and, you know, kind of start the cycle all over again. Um, So we have some uh, interesting readings today. We'll also be, for these next few weeks then, in the Gospel in Matthew 25, which is kind of Matthew's how it all is going to end, end times, um, passages. Uh, you'll remember when you get to near to the end of this chapter, and we'll have that reading in a couple of weeks, 
Um, it's the whole thing about get on my right, get on my left, and who did this for the least of these, that's how those are going to be judged the best, and that sort of thing. Um, so we're just in the uh, beginnings of that chapter here as we hear about the, uh, the bridesmaids, the wise one and the foolish ones. And um, in, in talking about death, this one does not work well for me because it makes me panic. Like, am I really preparing okay? The foolish ones didn't see any reason why through the night they were going to need a little extra oil to light their lamps. And we're not prepared and the wise ones were prepared. And it's clearly a, a story getting us to think about have we prepared ourselves for the big times um, that are coming. And so then all of a sudden I feel you know, guilty and bad and all of this sort of thing. I don't know what it does to you, but, but it is overall true that one of the messages we deal with and talk about in church all the time is how we get ourselves prepared to go on this journey. We, we've been talking about the journey, uh, the Exodus journey, uh, out of captivity into liberation toward the promised land and how difficult that journey is and the kinds of tools we need to go on that journey. Uh, and that's the story of our lives. It's the story of our spiritual journey. Um, so making those preparations is clearly something is important that's very important. But I kind of prefer the Exodus version than this kind of having to decide whether I'm foolish or wise uh, in this moment. I know I'm not a bridesmaid, but I might be foolish or wise at different times. Um, I, I kind of much prefer the... the uh, Thessalonians reading, 1 Thessalonians, and coming from the fourth chapter that Bryce read. Um, if you don't know this, 1 Thessalonians chronologically is the first book of the New Testament written. Probably in the early 50s, uh, about 20 years after Jesus died and rose. Um, and so we're only in the fourth chapter of the very first book of the New Testament written. And already um, Paul is trying to comfort a community not really sure um, who's going to be, when they die, who's going to be in good shape, who's going to be in bad shape. And it's really a very much a passage about um, understanding, about God's inclusive love taking care of, uh, of all of us. Now, we could spend a lot of time sitting in a Bible study and we could break these readings down into a lot more detail. But in a lot of ways, when we talk about the end, it's, I think it's just important to kind of begin to look at how we pay attention to this and at what we do to maybe avoid it. So, um, I was thinking about my granddaughter, Savaya. So I have to come out here a little bit because I'm going to pick on somebody here for a second. So, Savaya. Uh, some days when I pick her up and take her back to the house, she is not focused. And she doesn't want to do the things that I tell her to do. And so when she doesn't want to do it, she takes her eyes and makes sure she's looking away from me. Anybody have this experience? Right? So here's what I have to do to get Savaya to pay attention. I have to go up to Ryan. So I, I say, Savaya, look at me. 
encountering with Jesus. And who's going to be part of that? The extremists on that call this the rapture. How is it all going to happen? We're going to be lifted into the air as the Thessalonian readings reading refers to. Are we going to be taken care of or are we going to be the ones left out? How are our lives be judged? We know when we keep our eyes focused. We know that these are big questions. And I'd rather talk about my Christmas list than talk about this. And it takes a lot of work, I think, to figure out how the question of death fits into how we live our life today and tomorrow. It affects all of our relationships. We all know it when we talk to somebody who's maybe afraid of their own death. Maybe some of you are better at it than me. But it's really hard. We're really glad maybe that a friend is talking to us about this. Because it doesn't happen very often. But we don't know what to say. And what we say might be imposing our confused thoughts on them, so we become reluctant. And we're not sure how to keep eye contact in that moment. And maybe the best thing is silence and letting our friend know. We get it. We understand what the struggle is about. You know, this is a personal question for all of us to ask. How many of us have actually talked to other people among our friends or among our family about our own death? Nice to done Even when you got the courage to do it, it's not an easy thing to do, is it? So I think the first thing for us to hear some of these scripture messages for us and for understand God's desire in this is for us to do this abiding thing and to get more away from glancing in a million different directions and getting distracted and looking straight at it and taking those we trust and say. I need help thinking through this. What do you think? What do you feel? What does your life journey tell you that this means? Isn't it amazing some people who might be friends who talk about almost everything, how often it is they don't talk about this? This is too many people are left alone. I had a time once as pastor when someone was actually talking very frankly about their own death. And I said, you know, not everybody's really good at that. Have you ever talked to your friends about this? Well, I don't want to trouble them with it. I don't want to burden them with it. 
comfort each other around death. But to really get down to the hard sharings. The sharings and the listening with one another. Both so that we can more deeply support each other in our own journeys towards, through death, to new life. Thank you.